you know, being open to the gifts of this illusionment and dissolution and surrender, you know, into that without collapsing, but really, you know, surrender into that with an open heart and an open mind as much as we can. And uh, in the Theravada teachings, we have the concept of Nibida, which is, uh, you know, sometimes translated as disenchantment, meaning, you know, waking up from a dream or, you know, looking behind the curtain of a magician and seeing, you know, what is really happening there. And it's considered a positive thing, even, you know, in our culture, generally disenchantment isn't really seen as a positive thing. And the re- literal translation of the word nibita is simply not finding. You know, we are looking into the phenomena and we are not finding what we are expecting to find. And that's considered, you know, uh, the fruit of insight. And that translates then into a letting go of something rather than amassing more, you know. Uh, wisdom isn't a body of knowledge, according to the Buddhist teaching, but wisdom is a deep understanding of the way things are and a peeling away of more and more of the filters, the cognitive and emotional filters, which keep us trapped in assumptions and expectations and patterns. So it's like a letting go of ballast if we want to arrive at a bigger and wider and deeper perspective, you know, like when you are flying with a balloon, we have to, you know, put down the sandbags and then the balloon is slowly, you know, coming off the ground and then going higher and higher and have a bigger and bigger perspective on the context, on the landscape. And through that bigger perspective, certain insights happen and then letting go is the fruit of this bigger seeing and that's exactly you know what we want to uh, cultivate in any practice any spiritual practice cultivates that and uh, in our Wednesday meetings in particular we want to look at the current uh, worldview you know how that keeps us trapped and how stepping into a deeper and wider perspective could actually serve us, you know, to see new connections. And from the seeing of new connections, we could respond to what's needed in a much more healthy and connected way. So it's like, you know, if you've gone shopping with a new pair of shoes and then they are really very tight, and then when you come home, in the evening, you finally take off the tight shoe and this, ah, God, you know, what a mess. I mean, you know, one piece of equipment, you know, which isn't really serving us, but it's just like a, uh, it's a prison, really. And, you know, currently this worldview of mastery over the planet and mastery over others is in the process of dissolving, you know, the mastery of a certain worldview, in particular, you know, the Western capitalist worldview is starting to dissolve because it's reaching its limits. 
and it's fraying at the edges and the fraying is becoming more and more visible. And, uh, you know, we start to really wake up to the fact that, you know, even a whole civilization, even a whole worldview, a whole culture is impermanent. And uh, that's, you know, what we are dedicating those Wednesday contemplations to, to recognizing that. And maybe now we can shift over to the meditation part. So, you know, take an inner screenshot of your present moment experience, your body, how does that feel right now? Is there stress right now? your emotional state right now. And your mind. What are you bringing to this moment? Just being aware of that. We don't need to change it in any way. Just knowing as much as you can what you are bringing. You don't have to work hard. Just being here and being interested. That is enough. So, you know, when I'm saying uh, the current worldview, the current um, narrative about who and what we are is dissolving and our civilization shows more and more fraying at the edges, there is a kind of unraveling in the process. How does that resonate in your body when you hear that? Just trying to sense that. But see, feeling your body from inside. And also at the same time, feeling the weight of the body on the cushion and on the chair. So how does the whole equipment of your being, you know, which is not just a mind, but a body. very complex uh, biocomputer which has been developed by evolution over billions of years so what how does that resonate and where do you sense that resonance maybe it's many different places some are tight and some are moving just Go to that part, you know, which is moving. That which is in the flow, 
that which is open to life as is. And do not try to distill meaning from the experience, but rather sense it fully. So that's the sense-making and not meaning-making. This is what we need to learn to step out from the thinking mind, to always try to make meaning in order to you know, feel kind of safe or something. And just... Because this body is a sensing apparatus, we could say, or a sensing tool, or a sensing being. And we've gotten so addicted, you know, to one of those six senses. We have gotten so addicted to the mind sense, thinking... It can provide all answers. Because that was our worldview. And now we are seeing no, no, no. It's very different. The mind is just one of the six senses. It isn't superior. Just in the same way as Homo sapiens isn't superior to other species. We are not special. We are just one of many relatives living here, living as and in planet Earth. So sense-making over meaning-making. You know, can you tolerate that uncertainty and allowing the process to unfold. The breathing into the chaos, you know, of the sensing, the bewilderment, and just simply allow it to be there. That's what we need to train. We always, you know, have been aborting that uncertainty, that chaotic feeling by just splitting the energy all up into the thinking mind and then, you know, trying to come up with some kind of a story. We need to wean ourselves off from that. You know, as we find ourselves on the threshold of something new which wants to emerge. And we need to take care, you know, not to suffocate it with projections and assumptions. That's really the training by going back to the sensing again and again. 
often, you know, habit patterns, uh, traumatic habit, habit patterns want to go back to the thinking and no, just come back into the body. Gently, with a lot of kindness, as a service, you know, to our own spiritual growth and also for all sentient beings. And being okay, you know, that we cannot know everything. Despite all of our sciences and technology and, you know, even going flying to the moon and doing really amazing things, but we cannot know everything. We are not a special species. And the bio-intelligence in the living planet itself, you know, that is much older mind can fathom. And this is really the central inside of our times. The bowing out of the seat of mastery and saying, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it was a good idea, but no. There's a different way of operating, you know, which starts to come online for those who are ready for it. And it's so much, you know, in sync with the Buddhist teaching, with the first noble truth, you know, understanding that there is suffering, that there is a discomfort and it's nobody's fault. And learning to, you know, be with that, to understand it, to really stand under it fully, a direct experience of it, rather than trying to make meaning, you know, make a story around it and discharge the energy into thinking. There's a different way of operating rather than trying to make meaning out of everything. There's a direct experience. And from that, the next step shows itself. It's a different way of uh, operating. Which in some ways, you know, is closer to the uh, operating of some of the truly uh, wise indigenous ways, leading with vision rather than meaning. You know, and sensing into that intelligence with our whole body and its senses, without the need, you know, to arrive at an intellectual interpretation of that experience. It's just simply not needed. But what's needed is a clearing away of the clutter, 
in order to make ourselves available to that biointelligence which wants to be lived You know, really allowing that to inform us, inform, you know, to go into our form and be received beyond the intellect. That's our training. You know, it has always been the training, but at this time, you know, we find uh, a different language and also we can see how the um, phenomenal world out there is really reflecting it back in no little manner in, in a very strong way you know by all of the things you know which have been set in motion So practicing sensefulness rather than meaningfulness. So being in contact with the data flow through the senses, you know, everything what is happening if you're going inside the body. Being in contact with that and having patience with it. But really being open to that which wants to be understood by really standing close to it without collapsing. And allowing that biointelligence to work through us in profound ways, you know, through our particular individual gifts and medicines which we bring to the world. You know, we all have different gifts and different medicines to offer. And allowing the biointelligence to work through us in this way. Breathing into the heart area, not that which connects us so deeply. And you know, just really sensing the quality of. openness and allowing that, you know, to really be felt and then with the out-breath relaxing into the space, which doesn't end at the walls of the room or at the skin of our bodies or anywhere for that matter. Just deeply 
sensing into that non-separation in the boundarylessness of all of this. You know, allowing that to inform us, to permeate our form, so that we might, you know, be able to come back to it when we are triggered. That's why we are practicing. Also, so that we can bring this into the world through our lives, through our relationships <clears throat> with the in-breath allowing that quality of openness and it might not be necessarily comfortable you know there might be a sense of trepidation behind it you know uncertainty bit of a, you know, contracting away from it, just letting it be okay. That's our service. Comfort is not our birthright. Our birthright is being here and taking part in the process, but it's sometimes it's comfortable and sometimes it is not. This is just how life is. This should not be a main criteria for saying yes or no. with the in-breath, just really deeply sensing, presence, with the out-breath relaxing into the spaciousness. And if you notice know, your mind wanders off into wanting to have more meat, you know, then just gently bring it back. It's a graduated training. Just start again.
what would you like your remaining breaths to move in the planet metabolism, in the planet process? This living, intelligent earth you are part of. What would you like to do with this remaining breath you have got? Allow that question to ripple through your being and relax into it. Is there a sense of responsibility and uh, accountability which you know comes up if you are posing that question? What arises from the heart as you allow that question to ripple through your being? And for me, you know, currently spending time with 46 children, that's a really powerful question. And there's definitely a sense of responsibility and accountability which arises. Not in the sense of having to, you know, rescue the whole world or anything of that manner, but just, you know, doing my piece, acknowledging my gifts, making them available in service of this biointelligence, which I cannot fully fathom.
that I can be in service of it by clearing away the clutter, clearing away the old narratives and making myself available to be moved in this way. You know, and then trusting that new capacities will come online. If I'm willing to train myself to step out of the addiction to the thinking mind into the direct experience, the direct sensing of life itself as it manifests in my body and in my environment, in my relationships. There is something which is emerging and I think everyone who is here knows that consciously or unconsciously There is no going back. Being okay with where we are, no pushing or rushing, or that doesn't really work. But that full surrender without collapsing. And, you know, interest. Interest is enough. one of the seven factors of awakening. The second one, Dhamma Vijaya. Taking an interest in how the Dhamma works, how nature works. And by that interest, how we work. Because we are also nature. Choosing accountability as we sit in front of this enormous mess, you know, which our species has created out of immaturity, out of delusion, greed, and ill will, you know, wanting to protect ourselves against nature, all of these assumptions, you know, just really taking that in. And choosing, you know, collective healing over collective self-destruction. That is the difference we can make.
We don't know how it's going to work out. Of course not. How could we, with our little minds, you know, understand the evolutionary intelligence operating? But we can make ourselves available to be part of the solution rather than, you know, losing ourselves in negativity and polarization. That's the choice we can make. And then we let go and we see what comes. What is our part to play? What's our gifts and medicines to bring? It is an adventure, you know, going into a completely uncharted territory. At this time in history of our species, you know, becoming more self-aware, It's actually beautiful. But the medicine, you know, is bitter, but it does work. Just allowing all of that, you know, seeing how the body responds when it hears these words and sensing deeply into it as it metabolizes what is kicked off, you know, in this context. And by breathing into it, we can help the process to stay moving, you know, keep moving. Life is all about movement. Data flow.
And, you know, for the next few minutes, we can just really, you know, be in direct contact with the flow of change, you know, as it manifests in our bodies and giving it the space, not pinning anything down. You know, usually we try to pin down the pleasant, the comfortable, want more of that and push away the uncomfortable, don't want that. And seeing, you know, how both have a gift. Both have information which needs to be integrated. The old world. Endless comfort. It's just not never going to come true because this is not how life is. Life isn't about pleasant feeling. Life is about much more than that. Pleasant feeling is a part of it for sure. And it can be and should be enjoyed, but it's not why we live. Clearing out the clutter, composting our egos in the service of that biointelligence, which is a living organism the living metabolism we call Earth, planet Earth, of which we are part of. We are not separate from it. We are deeply interwoven. We are a part, a secretion product of it. And we can return home. Do it if we choose that.
And we don't need to wait for anybody else. We can just do it. It's going to be contagious anyway. That, you know, that deep recognition of who we really are is going to be contagious if we live from that place. That can be our, you know, to be a contagious one, you know, and bringing that into our environment, our families, our workplace, you know, gentle or wild or crazy or whatever way our style is, we do it that way. And it all works together. We have different gifts. And we can, you know, learn to trust that intelligence which moves through everything which is alive on a big, big level and microscopic level and everything in between. That which puts the stars in motion and that which, you know, vibrates in your little finger, that's what we are trying to become more conscious of. That's our evolutionary threshold on which we are standing now. And there's no way back. To how it was before, you know, before COVID came. And since then, you know, so much has been emerging already. There can't be more. It's a training, you know, a training which the Buddha, besides many other uh, images, he gave the image of the ocean floor, you know, which is gradually, gradually sloping down, sloping down, and then drops off suddenly. 
and then sloping down, sloping down into the depths of reality. By simply you know, starting to walk and not stopping, that's how it works. And on the way, we learn everything we need to learn. And at this point, you know, it's about choosing accountability, choosing collective healing over collective self-destruction. That can be our contribution. And then, you know, this huge, enormous mess we have created can be a chance for waking up rather than a curse. It can be, it's the only way, otherwise it wouldn't have happened. It's the way how we're going to move into more maturity. kind of a huge cosmic drama and we are part of it. So coming back, you know, to the weight of the body on the cushion or on the chair, feeling, you know, our roots going into the planet, all of the generations which have come before us. You know, some call it our dinosaur tail, you know, which takes us back into the planet and really deeply rooted. There's a process of life and information flow constantly operating and we can open ourselves to that.
the magic medicine, you know, the intention. The, the seed crystal which starts to open up a different way of being with all of this. Not being a victim, but being a team player. And seeing what is our contribution. What is our medicine? What is our gift? Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.